Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point. It is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Good morning to everyone and thanks for being part of the first installment of Beyond Governance in 2023 here at 101.9 High FM. Yours truly is Nimrod Ufamele. I am de- delighted to share this space and time with you, the beloved listener of the show. How are you though? I hope everybody's back from the holidays and I'm hopeful that you had the energy levels that, that have been replenished and you are ready to conquer 2023. If you could not afford a holiday break, don't despair, as this is your year, you will make it happen. Never lose hope as you run, as, as your turn to shine awaits you. As Rob Rihanna once said, don't be handcuffed by bad habits when you hold the key to unlock greatness inside you. I'll repeat it again. Don't be handcuffed by bad habits when you have keys to unlock greatness in you. I sincerely hope this code will resonate with you and hopefully ignite that spark that you need to advance your career moving forward. It is that time of the year all sorts of resolutions are pronounced. We hear things like, I want to go stop smoking, I want to go to the gym, I want to eat healthy, and of course, we all want to make money. So these are typical Resolution that we all make during this time of the year. I would imagine that we all have resolution, especially in the beginning of the year, as most of us set off all these bad habits, we want to start anew, as it were. The difference between those who succeed and those who don't is consistency and discipline. It has been established that if you are consistent over a period of time, positive results are bound. And certainly most of us are not disciplined, hence we are hence inconsistent in committing what we would really wanted to do. In my view, consistency and discipline are two critical ingredients which I've learned from those that I've, I've deemed successful in life and of course in business. Later in the year, someone must ask me if I've applied those two principles in my own life. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, in today's uh, session, I'm joined by Billy Sulekan, who is an inspirational storyteller with a finesse to connect with audiences and bring powerful and practical messages, which delivers amazing results to people and organization. As we enter the first quarter of 2023, we need to, to activate the right mindset, a mindset that which says, I can do it. A mindset which sees opportunities and not obstacles. A mindset which sees success and accomplishment. So I thought, um, in the beginning of the year, when we start the show, let's start it on a, on a, on a positive mindset. And Billy will help us to gear ourselves in that particular direction. But before we get to that mind-blowing episode, I quickly want to weigh in in the energy crisis, which uh, our embattled president is trying to resolve, given the severity of the situation vis-a-vis the economy. And I'm just wondering if January statement uh, by the battle president made any difference. However, judging by the social media post, 
it is not surprising that general apathy among the electorate remains very high. I also wonder on the extent to which the forthcoming State of the Nation Address will provide hope and inspire you and I to suggest that the country indeed is turning the tide. Ordinarily, when you deal with desperation, here I'm referring to almost 40% of unemployment rate, high levels of crime, lack of or inadequate foreign direct investment, just to mention a few. Inspiration from that end can be drawn from success stories, not just rhetoric and wishful thinking. In my view, South Africans need to hear more good stories as failure to articulate this sustains apathy. The recent announcement that ESCOM will now be overseen by the Department of Energy has been discussed for years. It made no sense in the first place, that's my view, to have ESCOM reporting to the Department of Public Enterprise when the energy policies on transmission, generation and distribution are made by the Department of Energy and yet overseen by different ministry. You can just imagine the chaos. You've got a policy, a minister, you've got an execution minister. If there are two ministers, as we've seen, between Guadamantashe and, and, and Pravin Godan, if the two ministers don't see eye to eye, who suffers? Because the one that, that drive policy, you know, needs to take ownership of the policy outcome. If the ownership or the accountability of the policy sits elsewhere, it is bound to create confusion. Be that as it may, the function shift will in my will be emboldened by requisite skills and technical competencies, which is clearly lacking. Hence the president spoke about professionalization of the public sector services. This has been his mantra as far as I've recollected. Whilst energy crisis needs to be resolved, what is also key is the extent to which the energy mafia, as some have referred to them, how they've been dealt with. This is what South Africans want to hear. It is common cause that the energy crisis, obviously is as a result of the ailing infrastructure, which break down from time to time. But behind that, there's also an element of sabotage. So we want to know the extent to which these uh, investigations are yielding the results. That is how, in my view, the president can ignite confidence you know, by, by demonstrating that all the things that he has mentioned are bearing fruits. So this is how, in the view of the most people that I've had conversation with, that, you know, this is how to build confidence. But be that as me, that was my two cents worth of view or observation in terms of what needs to trigger greater participation from the populace. On that note, let me just take this opportunity to welcome the one and only Billy Slikhan, who is an inspirational storyteller with an amazing ability to connect with audiences. Billy, once again, a compliment of the new and welcome aboard. Compliments to you, my good doctor, and compliments to your listeners. I hope you have had a beautiful resting period and you are reinvigorated. You are resolute to make it happen once again. Well, you know what they say about holidays? When you come back from a holiday, you need another holiday to recover from the holiday. Yeah, but be that as may, I think you, 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 you are, you, I mean, we rely, people, we rely on people like you to put us back on track. You know, really, perhaps just to contextualize conversation on this glorious morning, it is that of a lot of despair. You know, we have businesses that are recovering, you know, that are ailing. We have government that is not really living up to the expectations. We have speeches after speeches. But bottom line is that um, ordinary South Africans who are languishing in abject poverty, who are trying to get their businesses back on track, what would be the starting point for you as people kick off the year 
Um, what would you say? Well, I, I think, you know, Nimrod's introduction sums it up. However, I've always been of the view that in a mass environment, there's always individual responsibility. So even though the country is going through the challenges that it's going through, ultimately, as an individual businessman, businesswoman, as an entrepreneur, as an employee, you have so much power within you to transform and change the trajectory of your life by just doing some fundamental uh, processes that will guide you the way you live your life. And I'm going to take you to a, a faraway place in, in Japan. There's a place uh, that has got more centennials than any other place. Uh, centennials are people that live above 100. And this place, a lot of people were amazed by what this place, they thought maybe the food is different there, maybe the climate is different there, maybe the water is different there. You know, there were all kind of guesswork around that place. But eventually, they did a research. They took a team there and they did a research to really find out why this place has got more centennial than any other place. Uh, and they, they came up across a, a a concept which the people in that in that area of Japan were using, you know. And that concept is a very simple concept that has been uh, transformed by many other people, and it has worked wonders for them. That concept is called the ikigai. Now, basically, the the word ikigai simply means your reason to be alive, your reason to be. And, uh, you know, this concept dates back, I mean, I mean, between 1794 and 1185, you know, and, and the place is in Okinawa in, in Japan, you know, it's an island south of the mainland. Now, this ikigai concept, these people that lived there and lived longer and happier lives, they basically had four questions that they asked each other. And those four questions then guided everything they did. If you're going to be thinking positive, you're going to be thinking positive based on a very solid framework. Otherwise, it just becomes one of those um, moments of euphoria which never lasts. For it to last, it has to be embedded in a very powerful principle. So I'm going to share with you the four questions that these people ask themselves in Okinawa that ensure that they live happier lives and longer lives. So the first question that each one of them asked themselves was, what is it that I love doing, not like doing? What is it that I really, really love doing? That even if I would not be paid, I'll still do it. So that's the first question. Do you love teaching? Do you love cooking? Do you love singing? Do you love carpentry? What is it that you really love? Like deeply, not at a very top level. And the second question that they ask themselves is that this thing that I love doing, does the world need it? Not want it. it must be deeper. Does the world need it? That's the second question they ask themselves. And the third question that they ask themselves was, can it be monetized? Can I be paid for doing this thing? that I love doing. Well, if you go back to the second question, if it's a need, therefore it means there is a commercial element in it. You can commercialize it. But the last question for me is the most fundamental. Is, am I exceptionally good at it? Am I one of the best at doing this thing that I love doing? They realize that if you answer yes to all four questions, you then live a life which is driven by a higher purpose and a deeper meaning. And when you wake up every morning, you don't need anybody to energize you. Your life is plugged onto your reason, your purpose, your, your, the core essence of your existence. And therefore, whatever external circumstances that comes into your life or challenges you, your level of resilience is much more higher than somebody else who does not have this reason to live, which is the ikigai. That's quite insightful indeed. Clearly, these four questions 
if one were to apply them in their own spaces, the chances are they're more likely to have a different energy, as you put it. I want to, I mean, you know, just to recap what you've just said and, and see whether I'm in the same line as you are. First, you said that the first question is, do I love what I'm doing? If I'm an entrepreneur, uh, you know, who's a carpenter or I'm a painter or I'm a teacher or I'm an engineer, do I love what I'm doing? If you love what you're doing, that on its own, it's an incentive to wake you up. And the second question being, who needs it? Does the world need it? Is there a market for this trade that I'm so passionate about? If there is passion or there's a need for your competencies or your craft, that makes it even more positive. And can you commercialize it? Obviously, if you can, if there's a need for your services, the chances are you can commercialize it. Uh, and the last one being that, am I good at it? You see, the last one, it's quite tricky because, I mean, good may not be good enough. A good is in a context of competition because you might be good at something, but if there's more supply than demand, it doesn't matter how good you are. So take us through those kinds of complications or complicity of these kinds of questions and, and how one drive the thinking just beyond just having this frame. Because in my mind, this is just a frame that helps an individual to get to a point where they are able to master their own craft. Yes. One of the things that in South Africa we don't necessarily have a good culture around it's around the culture of coaching and mentoring. And, uh, you know, throughout my career and up, up until now, I've had endless mentors and coaches for different parts of my life. I'll give an example. As an entrepreneur, I would have somebody who's a high-end entrepreneur from wherever, who's better than me, who has walked this path around walk, and I would fast. But here's the, here's the magic. I would not go to them and say, hey, Nimrod, my name is Billy Silicon, and please, can you mentor me or whatever? I would come to you and I would study you. I would research what you do, how you do it, how long you've been doing it, what level do I believe you're in, and those kind of data. Once I have enough data on you, I would then ask myself this one question. What value can I add to Nimrod? Before you extract value, you've got to give it out first. And my approach to you would be, hi, Nimrod, I'm Billy Silicon. I've been watching you. I've been, I've been listening to your show. I've been watching the things that you do. This is my set of expertise that I have, and I believe I can add to your journey or your process. Is there a possibility for us to have a sit down and talk about how I could add value? Now, when you get an email that says that, Hi, Dr. Nimrod, please mentor me. Which email are you likely to respond to? I'll certainly, I'll, I'll certainly respond to the one that seems to have done his homework. Okay. Because, I mean, uh, yeah. So, therefore, it means by implication, you can never get to the top of your game unless you have an obsession about being exceptionally good at this game. I mean, if you look at... You know, I'm not a soccer person, but I always make simple, you know, analysis around soccer. I still don't understand why a guy who plays number seven in this country, in any team, cannot even do 5% of what Cristiano Ronaldo does. I just don't get it, you know. But eventually, it goes back to the same thing, an obsession to becoming the best, you know. And when you have an obsession of becoming the best, you study the habits of the best people in the world. Because as human beings, we learn easier or we learn by modeling. You know, and, and I make a very simple example. Children learn how to walk because they see us walking. Nobody went to a child and took them to a seminar or gave them an application that says they must walk. They modeled, they saw us walking. They thought, wow, that's a good thing. That's a cool thing. So if I can walk, I can do things for myself. And then they tried everything. They crawl, they fall, they do all kinds of things, but eventually they walk. So the same thing happens to us as professionals, as entrepreneurs, as employees. We've got to consistently ask ourselves this question. This opportunity that I've been given, because I, by the, by the way, I say to people, 
the work that I do, the work that you do, and the work that many other people do, is not a right, it's a privilege. And unfortunately, most people don't see it as a privilege. But if you see it as a privilege, you then apply yourself in a much deeper sense so that you have an appreciation of this privilege that you've been given so that you reciprocate back because you've been given this opportunity. You also have to give back. And for me, is unless you, 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 you create an obsession about who you are and what you do, you can never really reach the level of master. You'll always be one of the people. You'll never be the go-to girl or the go-to guy. On that note, Billy, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back to uh, a very first installment of Beyond Governance in 2023. We're starting on a very positive note, the note that seeks to drive a positive thinking, positive mindset. And I'm joined by the one and only Billy Silicon, who's an inspirational storyteller with an amazing ability to connect with with audience. And I can assure you now already, I get a sense that my year is going to start on a very positive note for he is He's been giving us a very interesting insight, which are applicable to every single of us. Before we went to that quick break, you mentioned something very critical, that of the obsession to become the best in what you do. If you are not obsessed with what you want to do, you become, you are more likely to, if you are obsessed with what, what you like as a teacher, as a nurse, as an engineer, as a soccer player, whatever the field that you're at, you're more likely to become exceptional in it. For obsession, suppose that one is able to practice the trade or the craft on a continuous basis. You know, you are consistent, you are disciplined in perfecting your craft, which I'm picking up from you. If you're not doing that, you are likely to be ordinary, you're likely to be mediocre. Absolutely. But here's a question. We know the reality is that people juggle with so many, so many things. You've got a family, you've got a business that is struggling, you've got bills to pay. Um, you, there's just too many competing priorities. How do you get to that frame of mind where you are able to declutter? You have to put all this thing aside or focus on this one thing only, which may not pay your bills now, but pay your bills later. Because th- those are some of the practical contradictions you want this thing, you're very passionate, but you don't have time because you got to go pay the bills. The question for me is, how do you remove all these things that are competing with this passion of yours? Well, you know, uh, I always say to people, 24 hours, it's a lot of time. In minutes, it's 1,440 minutes. It's a lot of time. Now, unfortunately, many people don't understand the essence of time because time is a constant. It doesn't change, it stays the same. All you have to do, you have to manage the activities within this particular given amount of time. Now, most of the time, these people are unable to create prioritization because they, they, there's a feeling of being overwhelmed. People feel like there's a lot of stuff happening. And that feeling comes from what I call fear-based thinking. What do I mean by fear-based thinking? A lot of people live their lives in fear of losing something instead of being inspired by achieving something. So I'll give an example. Somebody who's employed today, they've got this amazing business idea. But before they've been implemented, from their fear-based thinking, they think, oh, my God, what if this idea fails? <laughs> but they've not tested it yet. And by implication, because your brain, you know how your brain works and how your brain is hardwired. It's, uh, you know, our brains have a mathematical formula that drives it, you know. There's an algorithm that operates your brain. And that algorithm is based on the content that your brain consumes. 
and the environment that it is exposed to all the time. If you consume negative content, you spend time with people that are negative, you hang around places that just don't inspire you, guess what happens? Your, your brain then begins to normalize that kind of environment. It normalizes mediocrity, it normalizes fear, it normalizes the fact that nothing's going to happen to your life, you're not going to move on. So just by that, then you, you, you have it because you're living your life from the outside to the inside, not from the inside to the outside. Now, people who live their lives based on the guy, they operate from the inside outside, not from the outside inside. And I might, it might sound very simplistic, but it's a very simple fact. And if you study, you know, top soccer players, top tennis players, top golfers, you'll always find over 90% of them, some of them intuitively, they, they found the Ikigai. Some of them took time to study it, placing it in their lives. The external world might have its own challenges, as come this and those kind of things. You still hope that ultimately final say to the outcome of your life. Interesting observation there, Billy. But, but I just want to take you back, if you may, on the issue of rights versus privilege. And this is a very interesting point that you're making, that when you've been given a, 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 a job, you must see that as an opportunity. You must not see that as a right. And if it's an opportunity, which means you've got an obligation to reciprocate. By reciprocating is that you need to honor all the requirements of that particular job. Uh, am, am I picking you correctly? 100%. You know, 100%. I mean, Martin Luther King once said that if you're given an opportunity to sweep the street, you should sweep those streets so amazingly and so passionately that the angels in heaven can see that street is the most amazing street in the world. And therefore, in return, the desires of your heart will be honored because that's how life works. We are an intertwined energy. And whatever we give, we, we, we press a button that says, if I'm giving five cent effort, I'm going to get five cent effort in return. If I'm giving 10 cent effort, I'm going to get 10 cent in return. If I'm giving a thousand effort, I'm going to get a thousand in return. That's the essence of life. And when you live your life from the perspective of seeing that job that you're doing today, the opportunity of the business as a privilege, your level of respect for it just shoots up the roof. And therefore, your application or the way that you apply yourself to that becomes absolutely amazing. But here's another space, span in a word, Spiele. The reality is that we get into a space where most people will never ever afford their livelihood space on, on a salary. There have to be a sad hustle. In some instances, they'll have two or three jobs. I mean, you would know that in the States, most people in the States were three, four time jobs in a day just to make ends meet. And that type of environment is likely to be here in South Africa, particularly when we gravitate towards 4IR. And most most more people are going to be you know, displaced. That is a reality. But how do you maintain that obsession with what you need, having to compete with all these things? Because that's the biggest challenge. And again, you know, you also have to deal with organizational culture. You have to deal with your environment. If you are in a dilapidating environment, what are the chances of you escaping those negative thought processes and negative energy? Because at some point, I would imagine it does take something from somebody to elevate themselves out of those mess and create something. What would you say is the best? What are the sort of instrument or tools that you can advise the listener, somebody who who is really passionate. Let me let me say very passionate about golf because that's my only sport that I'm I'm quite good at. You know, you have to compete well there's no money, you don't you don't have sponsors. 
and it's a very expensive sport and you're not a young man anymore. You've got kids, you've got obligations and so on and so forth. But you know that you're good at this thing, you know. How do you literally move away all these things? It takes you away from what I would say is your God-ordained destiny. It goes back to your vision, uh, Nimrod, you know. Do you have, you know, I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, organizational culture work. Every organization has got a vision, vision, core values. And when I ask people, do you have your own personal vision, your own personal mission, your own personal core values, 99.8% the answer is no. So therefore it means a lot of people live their lives by default and not by design. And I can guarantee you, when you live your life by default and not by design, you'll be overwhelmed, you know. So let's go back to your golfing. You just said to me, you're passionate about golf, you're very good at it, but you're at a certain age, you've got family obligation, blah, blah, blah. So therefore, you've got to rethink the strategy around golf. Can you go and compete and be paid lots of money? I don't think so, I think it's late. But can you coach and make a lot of money? Definitely you can. So you understand? There's always a twist in an, envi- in an environment. You know, I have a friend of mine also is very good at golf. And I said to him, you know, people invite you to play golf and you guys just going for fun. Why not make a man out of this? He was saying, oh, you know, and I said, I said, come on, man, if I was as good as you are, I would be making money every game that I play. Somebody would be paying me to play with them. It's always about mindset. Remember what I said earlier on. The content that you consume begins to build a formula in your brain of how your brain works. And it's not, you know, and I tell people that it's always mind over matter. If your mind is ready, you'll be able to shift the matters around your life easily. But if your brain is not trained to look at opportunities and see them, you will be overwhelmed and you'll feel stagnant. You know, so each and every one of us, I mean, I'm at the level I am now as a speaker, I'm coaching other top speakers and executives how to get to the level that I am, but I'm also still learning from others. Because I realize that the world is changing, technology is taking over. I've got to now re-pivot my way in this industry. You know, I cannot depend on being on stage anymore. I've got to do other things. I've got to now, I mean, we are building a massive digital uh, infrastructure. Because everything that I've ever written, every every keynote that I've ever done, we want to digitize all of them and monetize them. You've got to always, there's always a different pivot to what we do. But unless you train your brains, because your brain can be trained, and you should train your brain, you will always feel like there's no other way out. On the very same point, Billy, because I think that's very critical. Either on, you said most people are overwhelmed. They, they work or operate on fear-based thinking. And fear-based thinking is, in my view, it's a cumulative of failures. Because when you have failed so many times, and you have, you begin to self-doubt. And when you self-doubt, then you you, you elevate negativity. Uh, you don't see opportunities. And that is why we've got so many insurance. Stuff. <laughs> the reason why there's so many insurance companies because they they've they've been able to leverage on the fear. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? You've got insurance for your car, your house, your TV. You know, I mean, they will even tell you that look, what happens if the, the, the sky falls at some point. You know, because people, the environment, their personal experiences, the, the community's experiences, national politics, geo-national politics, global politics are all about fear. So that fear thinking, it is not just an exception. To one individual, it's a norm. And already there's that overwhelming fear thinking that dominates everybody. So there lies in the ability, there lies in these kinds of tools that you provide 
for somebody who's listening to the show now that, you know, there's just so much negativity around me to a point where it's not even worth raising my head and which should not be the case. I sometimes say to people, we've got to say these truths that are very difficult. I'll give you an example. You know, in December in Mafikeng, there was a, a show, a sold-out show, the stadium was filled with people. Now, who are those people who went there? Most of those people are poor people. And therefore, they value entertainment more than they value their own personal development. Because I can tell you now, if I can go and put up a seminar in Mafikeng and say, come to the seminar for a day and pay so much, once you follow what I teach you, your life is never going to be the same. I'm not even going to get 0.001% of the number of people that went to the show. Because when it comes down to it, poor people value entertainment and they value personal development. Now, again, it goes back to personal choices. It goes back to what is it that you want out of your life, you know. Every circumstance in the Great Depression in, in, in the world in 1930, people became millionaires in that Great Depression. During the lockdown, people started new businesses that became very successful. So in any time in the history of humanity, no matter what calamity we're faced with, there are human beings that become very ingenious and come up with concepts or things that takes us to a different trajectory. And those people are not people who are sitting down and complaining. Those are people that understand that in life, for you to really make an impact, you've got to find a challenge that human beings are faced with and come up with a solution. And then the human beings will pay you for that solution. And that is driven by people that are not based on fear, but they're based on a positive a thinking framework that constantly says to themselves, what is it that I can do to make something better for humanity? And I can tell you now, we have got, we've got amazing, clever people in this country. We've got people with degrees, with MBAs and all these kind of things. But those qualifications, sometimes I wonder if they're being applied at, at, at the places that people work at. I suspect people just get them to be paid more and nothing else. Because if you look at the list of people that really have turned the world around, most of them have gone through the toughest times of their lives, but they, because they had a very big vision, because their mindset was very focused, and because they then surrounded themselves with people that were inspirational, they were able to break through. Elon Musk, you know, Jeff Bezos, you name them, go and read their stories. And you'll understand that sometimes you think that you're going through some serious issues until you go and read an autobiography about Muhammad Ali or or, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, or one of these people that we see on television and read about all the time, then you realize, you know what? I'm just lazy. I'm just lazy. And my, my brain is stuck on a negative dial. You know, it's like a radio station. You can't get to high if you go to a different, one megahertz different. You shift away from the station. So you've got to bring the needle back to the dial and say to yourself, what is the vision for my life? I've started a, a, a course, Nimrod, uh, yesterday. It's going to take me eight weeks, 19 minutes a day. Why am I doing that? Because I'm at the age where I'm seeing I'm, my priorities are changing, but I also need more data. I need to challenge my, 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 my perceptions. I need to challenge my brains. I need to break away from the mold of where I am and understand that there's something much more significant that I can do than what I've done already. On that note, we're going to take a break. It's, it's, it's getting heated. It's getting excited. I'm not sure about uh, whether I, I can assure you. If I'm excited, the chances are the listener out there share my passion and share my excitement uh, because you're really giving us food for thought on things that are very, very practical. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back to Beyond Governance. I'm having a 
good time of my life on the very first installment of this wonderful show. I'm joined by Billy Slekan, who is an inspirational storyteller with an amazing ability to, con- to connect with audiences. And I can tell you now, we are connected. Before we took that short break, Billy was giving us a download of very interesting observations. One is that he had attended a, or he observed in Mafeking a conference, but not a conference, but a concert, which was filled to capacity. And it was an entertainment concert, obviously. And he says to, to us, if you were to convene a personal development seminar, you would barely amass a percent of those people who have attended, which in his mind suggests that South Africans in general value entertainment than the professional development. He also indicated to us that uh, most people who have qualification, your MBAs, your doctorate, and, and God knows what, have barely applied what they have acquired, uh, purely because it is just about, let me just end the money, and that's it. So what I'm picking up from Bill is that there's a need, irrespective of where you are, whether you think you've reached the, the excellence of your academic or professional development, you still need to advance, you still need to challenge your brains, you still need to do things differently. He tells us he's attending a course that will that's about over eight weeks or so, uh, just to challenge him, you know, so that he's able to become better and better in what he does. Um, and I find that very, very fascinating. The last point that he said, you know, people have a tendency to be content with what they have, purely because they're lazy. And and it's a truth that most people, if you were to tell them, you're almost like you're insulting them. Okay. But I just want to unpack that. How do you get to a point where you looking at yourself in the mirror and say, I am lazy? Because if Billy can do it in the same circumstances, in the same environment, and Billy can achieve so much, surely there's something wrong with me. How do I comprehend in my own mind, that the limitations that I'm, in, I'm self-imposing are not about the environment, it's about me t- having to take ownership, having to take accountability so that I can learn from my counterpart who are in a pretty much the same environment. Your take on that, Billy? Nimrod, like I said earlier on, you know, I was born in Tembisa. I had friends, you know, and uh, my journey and their journey were almost the same, you know. But eventually I came to a realization, actually very early on in my life, that every one of us was born to become great. And some of greatness will be visible, some greatness will not be visible to the public eye. But either way, and if you look at, I said, the people, there will be no Bill Gates if there was no Paul Allen. There will be no Steve Jobs if there was no Steve Wozniak. You know, so Steve Wozniak is great, but not many people know about him. Paul Allen was great, but not so many people know about him. So... Either way, every one of us was not dumped on, on this planet from another planet just because we're a nuisance where we came from. You know, every one of us has what I call a celestial um, commission. We were all commissioned to come and change something fundamentally on planet Earth. But we cannot change anything if we look at ourselves in a pitiful way, but not in a very intentional way, in the sense that you were not born accidental, you were not... You know, you're not a black person by accident. You're not a woman by accident. You're not an Indian by accident. You are everything by design. And therefore, going back to the ikigai, you've got to find out exactly why you're here. What is it that you are doing? Does the world need it? Are you good at it? And can it be monetized? And I can promise you now, if you take time to really think about it, 
you will find the answers because the answers are always within. They're not outside there. The answers are always within. But many people spend their time outside themselves, not inside of themselves. So there's an illusion that uh, beautiful clothes, a nice car, a nice hairstyle, you know, people have got this external looking, they've got this external obsession of being seen to be successful and being seen to be this. But the truth is, inside of themselves, they know it's just a facade, it's just a show. I'm going to give out a challenge, Nimrod. Me and you and listeners are listening now. I made an example with that concert in Mafeking, and I said we will, if I were to go to the same place to, I would, to master that, even a 0.1% would become almost impossible. Let me and you organize a, a one-day seminar in the, in the next two months, whatever. See how many people would spend their own personal money because it's not sponsored by your company, it's not sponsored by HR. It's you taking out your own money, focusing on your own personal development. Me and you, we will talk offline about it. Let's put this to the test. Let's set up a physical one-day seminar. We'll call it Life by Design, where we come and we teach you how to redesign your life in a way that it can produce the results that you've always been seeking. Let's put that test and see how many people will show up. I'm definitely up to the task. I'm equal to the task, and it's a very interesting <laughs> It's a really interesting challenge. <laughs> uh, with that being, you know, my glass is always half full. Uh, and I'm optimistic. You know, I, I'm that kind of a person. But also, being optimistic doesn't mean you have to do You don't have to be practical. Yeah. So I don't want to cast a negative thought on this wonderful proposal. But let's give it a, let's give it a best shot. Let's see what's going to happen. You see, you need, you need a small group of like-minded people to affect, effect massive change. You know, that's, I mean, Jesus Christ had 12 disciples, you know. It's a small number of people that can blow a country up and make it happen, you know. But it takes individual effort. And if you multiply those people, there's always the, the power of compound. You find 30 or 70 people that want to change their lives. You give those people good enough content, you guide them through the year. Each one can affect three, the other three can affect four. The number can be absolutely amazing. I'm glad you made the disciple metaphor because... Changing the world, it's not in the numbers. It's, it's, it's about the quality. You know, you have fewer people who are deeply passionate about what they want to do, who thinks the world needs those kinds of expertise, interventions, and who think they can commercialize their craft and who believe that they are not good at it, but they need to be empowered to be good at it. And who, who thinks they need to better up their game, better their skills, better their competencies, better their chances to capture the market. That's all so going back to the four, the four points that you've raised earlier, um, the chances are we will make it happen. It's not about the quality, the quantity is about the quality of those individuals who, who will be sold to the idea of personal development. And by the way, if you, if you, you know, I say to people, it all begins in you understanding that you've got the opportunity to create a lasting legacy for your family. And once you can think in that fashion, because I said to people, people are excited about driving Lamborghini. Lamborghini is a family, the family name. Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari is the name of a person in the same name. Hugo Boss, Dolce and Gabbana, Louis Vuitton, all of these are names and surnames of people who made a choice to start something and to persist until that something became something amazing. Heineken, it's a name of a person. It's a Dutch guy, it's a, you know. And we, we see all of these things, but we're oblivious to the fact that these are individuals that had a much more, a vision bigger than themselves. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, Billy. It is, it is just that we, we choose not to. In my view, we choose not to or become oblivious of 
the trailblazers' history, the trailblazers' pain. We only see this glory side. Yeah, I mean, we don't see... If you're yeah. in a Honda, or you see a Honda motorbike or a Honda car, you must remember that guy was fired, was not hired at Toyota because they said he was not good enough. And he went and started his own. Again, mm-hmm. like the Lamborghini story, if you're driving a Lamborghini, you see Lamborghini going past, you must understand that the Lamborghini was manufacturing tractors for the farming industry in Italy, in Europe. And how he got to build a sports car is because he bought a Ferrari because he had money. But when he was driving this Ferrari, he felt, no, man, something is missing. And he went into Enzo Ferrari's house on a Sunday, wanting to talk to him. And what did Enzo Ferrari say to Lamborghini? He said, listen, my man, you make tractors, I make sports car, please, man, leave me Sunday. <laughs> Lamborghini was so pissed off. He went and he designed the first Lamborghini could touch. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? These are not superhuman beings. These are human beings like me and you. But most importantly, they've got, they've got, they, they live by design, not by default. By default. When Jeff Bezos told people he was going to sell books online, people laughed at him. They said, how do you sell books online? Where's Amazon today? One of the significant companies in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. We gravitated towards the last bit of a very interesting conversation, which I'm, I'm thinking that the listener is absolutely thrilled by it. We'll, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back here. This is the last leg of the show, of a very uh, first show in 2023. Uh, it is amazing how we have entered this very promising year, uh, and I'm joined by Billy Salgani. You know, before, I, you know, I had this thing that, I was thinking about, uh, for us to start on a positive note, we really need to get our energies up there. Most people have had the privilege of relaxing, going on holiday, reviving themselves, and I'm hopeful that they came back with those kinds of energies. Um, and if some people obviously didn't go to holidays, but their mindset was relatively at ease, be that as it may, I said to myself, it is important that we get into 2023 with the right and positive mindset, the mindset that locates the control within us, not externally, because if you're going to depend on government, depend on politicians, depend on what you see outside, you lose focus. And when you lose focus, your own dreams get derailed. It is on that basis that I thought it is very important that I bring in the lives of Melissa Legane, who is a mastermind, you know, who is a guru, in professional and personal development. I mean, you're welcome to Google him. You're welcome to go to his website. The man's, you know, the testimonies are there in abundance. So it is on that note that I thought, let me just bring Billy so that he can share some of these beautiful insights which are empowering. And I'm a beneficiary of that. I, I'll be very honest with you. I mean, every time when I engage Billy Silicone, I'm at all. For I empty my cup so that he can feel it. One thing that I've learned that you cannot progress in life if you're going to have preconceived ideas about anything. You need to empty your cup. You need to open up. You need to have open mindset and listen to other people. And I'm hopeful that this particular moment we've been able to, Billy has been able to share those. Billy, as we're gravitating towards the end, one thing that was critical that you pointed out, that, you know, living life by design, it's all about not being pitiful. Don't self-pity. If you self-pity, you're more likely not to live by design because, yes, there are circumstances and environment that justifiably make you feel self-pity, I would imagine. 
However, it is how you escalate yourself out of pitifulness to more purposefulness, if there's anything like that. Mm-hmm. Take us through that practical instrument or tools or mindset that you look at. I mean, one example that you've just said is that, you know, the Ferraris of this world, the Lamborghinis of this world, the George Bezos of this world, they've had their own trials and tribulations. So my sense, based on what you're saying, is there's a need to look at your neighbor, look at someone that you can relate with and see how that person's journey has been transformed. Just don't look at the end, look at the beginning. Am I correct to sum it up that way, really? Absolutely. And, and like you said, uh, uh, Nimrod, people like to celebrate the, the win at the end, but they're not willing to go through the pain and the journey that leads them to the winning post, you know. And like I said, human beings will learn by modeling. Actually, to make things easier, I usually say to people nowadays, you don't even have to read a physical book. You can listen to a book. You can watch a YouTube video. We're now in a data-liberated environment where data and, and content is available everywhere. And those that are ignorant are ignorant by choice, no longer because they are being excluded. Everything is available. The question is, are you hungry? Is there a sense of hunger inside of you that believes that you can become much better than you are today? And nobody can teach you to be hungry. It has to come from within. And if that hunger is there, I promise you, the world has been waiting to embrace you and take you to the next level. Once you're hungry, you can go and begin to search for this content. Let me give an example. If you, I mean, we start, this is January. If you say to yourself, once a week, I'm going to search for a YouTube video of some inspirational person's story, whether it's a documentary or, or whatever, for an hour, and you watch one video, and at the end of each video, you just ask yourself this question. What are the three things that I have learned, which I can implement in my life, and what are the three things which I believe I can teach the next person? Just that simple way. You're, you're now beginning a trajectory of re-engineering the way your brain works, designing new neurological pathways that begin to see life differently. I can promise you, and if you are consistent, like you said, Nimrod, consistent is the key. If you do this consistently once a week, I promise you there's no way that there will never be a shift in your life. There's no way. Absolutely. I, like, I absolutely like that. And I'm going to definitely take the challenge as well because these are um, things that we can't be making pronouncement around. It's something that we also have to apply them uh, in our own personal spaces. Your party short, Billy, on this very glorious, very interesting and thought-provoking topic. There's a quote that a lot of people like to use, and I took some time to, to you know, research it. There's actually a book by James Allen. Uh, that's where this quote will find its expression, but it comes from the Bible, this quote. And it says, as a man thinketh. So if you go online, you can actually find a, a, a free copy of this book, which was written by James Allen many, many years ago. It simply says that, you know, as a man thinks, so shall he be. This book was published in 1903. And later on in life, I came across a concept called uh, uh, the quantum model of reality. Now, the quantum model of reality says, when your mind is clear about what you want, when there's clarity of thought, and when there's elevation of the heart, when the heart begins to live in that place and time, when this thing that you want has happened, when the two come together, the world around you have got no choice but to conform and give it to you. So I urge the listeners to go online, Look for this book as a man thinker, download it by it, published in 1903. But this book is the meaning of life. As you are, so shall the outcome of your life be. So what's the title of the book by James Holland? It's called As a Man Thinker. As a Man Thinks. Yeah, As a Man Thinker, yeah. 
Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And and I like the last part that with the clarity of thought, the world has no choice but to succumb. When there's a clarity of thought, the world has no has no reason. When there's a clarity of thought and the heart which elevates the emotion that takes you to a place where the thought has agreed that thing needs to happen, it will happen. Thank you very much, Billy. It has been absolutely beautiful as always. You you have that, you know, finesse to take our minds to, you know, to, to deeper heights where we, we reflect on issues that on ordinary, at, at ordinary space, they look simple and yet very complex. We are grateful that you've been able to share your time with us. We don't think, we don't take anything for granted. And I certainly hope the listener realized that or concur with me. I think the right word is concur with me and that you have definitely been an inspiration on this morning. Once again, Billy, let's do this again next time. It's a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I also don't take it for granted. Thank you. Absolutely. There you are. That was Billy Filikane, uh, who is a successful businessman and inspirational storyteller with amazing ability to connect with the audience and brings powerful practical messages, as he did, which delivers amazing results. So he has given us insights and practical tools that we all need to apply in our personal spaces um, to take our lives you know, to positive trajectory. Going back, just to recap one thing that, that really stood out for me. Those four questions that he asked earlier, uh, you know, from the community of Ikugai, if I'm not mistaken, that first question was, do I love what I'm doing? The second question was, you know, who needs it? Is there a market for what I'm doing? The third question is, can I commercialize this particular uh, trade of mine? The fourth one is, am I good at it? These are critical questions that all of us, needs to ask ourselves. And I'm sure there are limitations on each of those questions. You may have the passion for something and the world may need it, but not with the same quantity, which means you need to partner with other people. Can you commercialize it? Yes, of course you can commercialize your trade because you get paid for it. But the one thing that I'm also picking up that is a currency that is likely to drive deeper thinking is that of collaboration. You know, move away from competition because you are limiting yourself gravitate towards collaboration, partner with like-minded people, partner with people that have had any opportunity so that you can learn from them. I suppose that's it for today. It has been absolutely beautiful. This is Nimrod Melisanov. Have yourself a beautiful day. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point. It is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making.